0: What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I'm super excited to bring this podcast to you today, but before we get started, a quick word from our sponsors. Ooh, I had you for a second there, didn't I? We don't have any sponsors of the Keto Savage podcast, and that is by design, because I don't want you all to sit through minutes and minutes and minutes of pre-roll ads before we get into the meat of the matter. However, I do want to take one quick moment to say that we have just launched our peanut butter Keto Bricks. So, This is, without a doubt, the crowd favorite. We've been making these things nonstop for the past month, and I don't think they're going to last long. So if you are interested in a 1,000-calorie, shelf-stable, perfect keto macro meal replacement bar, then I highly encourage you to head on over to ketobrick.com and check those out before they sell out. That said, let's get on with the show. Super excited about this one. There's been a whole bunch of talk lately about the whole... Vegan versus meat eater debate um, between like the Joe Rogan podcast, the Game Changers documentary, and all that that entails, and all it's gone along with it, all the debunking podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for me, it's like I don't like the whole us versus them mentality. Like I want us to all just kind of find some common ground and like speak civilly to one another. Uh, so I had Joe from Red Pill Vegan jump on the podcast. I've talked to him a few times in the past via Twitter. Uh, so I just wanted to get him on there, and we kind of just dove into what, because he, he was keto for a while, for a year or two, um, and then he transitioned from keto to a vegan diet. So I kind of wanted to get his perspective on that, what motivated him to do that, what are some things he's notices, noticed since, what his nutrition is like on a day-to-day basis, and we just kind of dove into that. We dove into some of the underlying ethical concerns with both, and how to properly uh you know, follow a diet that you believe in while also doing something that's right for yourself, the community, and the world. So I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, He cussed a little bit, a little bit more profanity than most of my podcast guests. However, I don't fault him for that because he's passionate about what he was speaking on. So more power to him. Um, But just want to give you a little heads up warning there if you got little kids listening to the show. All right, enough chitter chatter for me. Sit back, relax. Hope you enjoy the conversation with Joe from Red Pill Vegan. And we're live, Joe. How are you, man? Hey, what's up, Robert? It's good to have you. on. We, we've talked a little bit on Twitter, and I'm literally the worst Twitter communicator. Uh, so, like, you'll message me, and then six months later, I'll message you back. Um, but I'm glad we're able to connect for a podcast here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, man. So I want to kind of dive in. Actually, let's just talk a little bit of brief introduction here. So, you're, you're vegan. I'm I'm keto, more or less carnivore keto. So we should dive into a pretty, we're, we're going to cover both ends of the spectrum today, I would imagine. Um, but I want to kind of get a little origin story for us both here. So I'd love to kind of get some backstory on you, kind of what got you in the vegan space, what led you down that path and kind of what you've noticed in that transition.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing I would want to say your, to your audience is that as a vegan, I'm not one of those people that's going to necessarily judge someone just based on what they eat. Yeah. I think that you have to look at a, at a man and look at his lifestyle and the way he carries himself and all of the things that go into it. And that's why I have a lot of respect for Robert because coming into finding his channel, I've been following you for about two years. When I first found you, it was right around the time. It was right before you had introduced the keto brick. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember finding you and I, and I, I, the keto brick is kind of what caught my attention And I had originally, this is funny, I had originally thought, well, maybe I'll criticize this product. But then I started watching your channel, and I realized that I actually had a lot of respect for you as a person, and you were authentic in a lot of ways that I saw other keto influencers almost putting up a veneer of kind of that internet personality. And I was like, Robert seems to have his act together in a way that his diet really does provide for him the lifestyle that he wants and he's getting the results that he wants and I do respect that and so from a perspective of like a a, I'm a vegan influencer I wouldn't even consider myself that but just somebody who does vegan content on YouTube I, I see people like Robert as really the kind of the strong the stronger and more authentic personalities in the keto space and it's it's the kind of the kind of stuff that I've seen on yours we can get into more about that but the kind of stuff that i've seen you do i actually do have a lot of respect for and so yeah with with my story um first of all i, I appreciate in, that man
0: that means a lot i really do appreciate you taking the time to say that
1: yeah yeah i i just don't want people to be turned off because they hear the word vegan in my name and they they think that it's it's one of those you know it's not necessarily always like that and yeah, uh, yeah so it's 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 a lot of times you got to you got to judge the totality of a person based on what you can see and it's not always just uh, a buzzword or a single thing that uh, define defines them. Totally, Yeah. So it's funny, man. I, I was originally got interested in eating a healthier diet based on having pain. Really. It was pain that motivated me. I had overuse injury working in e-commerce about 2010, 2011. And so I started getting into the low carb lifestyle, and it, at that time, what was really the thing was like the paleo diet, mm-hmm. and and uh, there were there were a lot of influencers that made me decide to go the route of trying to get a lot of locally grown produce and locally pastured meats. Like that was really the goal I was going for, and I I really got into it at the time and. It it definitely made a difference, man. And and it helped me get out of kind of the trap of eating more standard American diet foods. Mm-hmm. And and my, my health got better because I did lose weight. And at the time I was I had been working a computer job and I was a little bit overweight. So I I lost some weight. And then I I kind of stayed on the low carb path and followed a number of different influencers. And what ended up happening was I ended up losing more weight than I wanted to, and I had trouble building or maintaining muscle mass. And I, and I was still experiencing uh, pain related to overuse injury with my wrists and working at a desk job, like low back pain, kind of the, the typical thing that you would get if you, if you weren't getting enough exercise and you were sitting at a computer all day. But you were trying to mitigate that by you know, eating healthy and getting exercise when you could. You know, it's not all it, you can't do everything when you're working a full-time job like
0: that. Yeah, totally, you know? totally.
1: And uh and so what happened was I kind of started to lose control of my health and I I began to go further down the rabbit hole of low carb and I eventually made my way so I I, I was really involved with this kind of stuff like I was a I was involved with a local I So I live in Virginia. I was involved, involved with a farm freedom group. So this was like kind of the, they were the, the, they were like, I don't know how to say this. They were conservative in the fact that they wanted to push for the right to do whatever you want to do on your own property with mm-hmm. raising animal husbandry, farming, all of that type of stuff. It was right. very, it was, a you know, and just for some backstory, it was like rural, I grew up in rural Virginia and, uh, central Virginia. And so I'm from the country as well. And yeah, man. And and so I got, I got involved with that politically and it was something that I was really all about. I was spending a lot of money at farmer's markets. I was eating mostly pasture raised meats and, uh, and some, some non-starchy vegetables. And I, I thought I was doing everything just right. And I kept getting sicker and I still had body pain And I was really just struggling at the time, didn't know what to do. So I started going more towards a ketogenic diet style that was in, in the, in the style of kind of Dave Asprey and the Bulletproof diet. Are you, are are you familiar with his work at all? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and so he definitely is a big proponent of the pastured meat and the, the, uh, the high fat, low carb lifestyle. And so I kind of started to emulate that and incorporating some, some of the oils that were more approved, like the, the coconut oil and the, the, the really being real picky about the olive oil that I used. And anyways, man, the, the, I, the, the way that this kind of went down is I went further and further low carb until I, I actually went like two straight years without any added sugar in my diet and I was really, really trying to fire on all cylinders with it. It didn't, it didn't work out for me, man, from, for a number of reasons. I have some theories on it. Um, one of the things that happened was because I had become underweight, I was really struggling to put on muscle mass. And I think that what was going on, and again, if, if your results are different out there and you're listening and what you're doing is working on a keto diet, I, I say continue doing what works for you but it can be hard to recognize when something's not working. And that was the challenge that I faced is that I was so convinced that what I was doing was healthy, that I struggled to realize like, man, my muscle glycogen has been like almost chronically depleted. And that's not necessarily supposed to happen when you're in keto, but I was so strict, low carb. And it just, did, it just wasn't really working out for me. I ended up, I did keto for maybe about a year plus and then i tried some some variations like where you cycle carbs in and then Mm. that really that really just made it even more difficult uh because i was eating such a high fat diet that i did not metabolize carbohydrates very well so i would get these these strange reactions to eating something like a potato where i would almost have like a crash from just something simple like that and it anyways it it's a, it's kind of a long story because it it happened over a number of years but it eventually led me to a place where i knew that i had to change something but i didn't know how to eat carbs again and be and and be healthy with it you know i was kind of confused about that
0: right so what what um couple questions with regard to the glycogen you know there's there's been a couple of research studies that show like once you get truly keto adapted you're able to replenish glycogen in stores just as efficiently with keto diet in the absence of carbs as you are with a carbohydrate dependent diet. So with you saying you're chronically depleted there, do you feel like it was, like do you feel like in hindsight you were missing something or do you feel like your body specifically just wasn't really adapting?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think there's a, there's an individual factor here that is, is probably, you know, me, it's probably on me. And I was, I was, I would say I was fairly in tune with the, the process of doing it because I, I, I did have success on it at first when I went full, like fully keto. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely had that, that burst of like really steady energy, but because I wasn't able to maintain my overall body weight at, at a point where I wasn't trying to lose weight at that point, I was really trying to like level out and then start adding some muscle. But, but then the weight that I started losing was like the muscle weight that I didn't want to lose. And so I know that you're right. If you're fully fat adapted, you don't want to be in a glycogen depleted state. I think with me, it was probably partly uh, something that I, I wasn't able to either fully fat adapt, which I thought I was because uh, I had the steady energy. You know, it wasn't like I was stuck in that keto flu phase. Right. And so, yeah, I can't say for sure. I mean, it. it I don't think I was missing anything because I was really trying to to fire fire on all cylinders there, uh, with with regards to the diet itself. But, but you know, also there's there's a difference between doing it where you're getting a lot of fat from animal products and doing it where you are getting a lot of fat from oils, even if they're the the, the oils that are popular on keto like coconut oil or, or ghee or uh or olive oil is kind of one of those ones that's controversial. But I think if you get if you're on keto and you're really selective about what olive oil you choose, there it can be a healthier choice than than some of the other ones. But I, I, I started to get a lot of fats from oils is what I'm saying. And I think that that can be a mistake for people. And of course we're talking about like organic, extra virgin, coconut oil, olive oil that's like cold pressed from right. America, not you know, not we're not talking about like fake oils or refined the ones that are known to be bad for you. But I was I was trying to do that, and I just don't think I was ever able to really make it work in, in a way that, that that I could sustain.
0: Yeah, it's kind of tricky, man. Like a lot of people, uh, especially if you know they they haven't really been keto in the past, they start adding in a bunch of fats. Their body doesn't really know how to assimilate that fat and use it properly. But if you were keto for as long as you were i wouldn't necessarily think that was the issue so i don't i don't know i mean there, i'm not here to say that keto's the the miracle cure for everyone by any stretch of the imagination um but i'm, I'm always curious to see what in particular uh, aspect of it does or doesn't work for any individual
1: yeah i i noticed that my my energy levels went from kind of when i was first in after the initial phase like the initiation phase into it I did have the steady energy for a while. And then what started to happen was I kind of became chronically burned out. Now, part of that is lifestyle. Like, you know, are you sleeping enough? Are you doing a job that, you know, you get reward from, like I was working at a, at a, at an e-commerce job uh, in front of a computer and I had to interface with customers on the phone and stuff. And also like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like cold calling or sales or anything. It was like, one of those situations where I wasn't thrilled about what I was doing. Right. And so if you're not passionate about like your life, it's easy to get burned out on something. And, um, and I think what it, what had started to happen was I needed the energy to be kind of on basically all day long. And I was, I was kind of just really running dry on my overall energy levels.
0: Yeah. That, that makes sense, man. Like lifestyle, it's it's hard to, to really quantify how much of it's nutritional versus how much of it's, you know, everything else. And when you're in a place in life where life's just beating you down and you're not really enthusiastic about your day-to-day, then it seems like everything else, even if it's perfectly dialed in, like let's say your diet was perfectly dialed in, but if everything else is beating you down you're just like kind of chronically depressed almost, like everything else is going to suffer and your overall well-being and physicality is included. So... Yeah, it's tricky, man. It's hard to like really pinpoint any one factor in that case.
1: Yeah. And I I guess for your listeners, I'd like to say, you know, I've never, I've never really told the, like all of the story, my story on online. And so I've always kind of viewed it as like an anecdote, but I do realize that it can be helpful to some people to, to, to just to hear what, what people went through. And, um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I should, I, I should probably, uh, really focus in on on consolidating my story into like a, a nugget but the 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 bottom line is that I didn't know how to health like how to reincorporate carbohydrates in a healthy way and where most people end on a vegan diet which is like them trying to do like raw juicing and all of that that bullshit I don't know if we're supposed to cuss or not but that <laughs> it's it, it's hilarious but that that's actually where I started on a vegan diet because I was so scared of Complex carbohydrates. I thought that starch was bad for you, and I thought that uh, that you know everything that has carbs turns to sugar. And then I had all these these uh, these almost like myths stuck in my head. Like everything that has carbs turns to sugar, and then sugar feeds candida, and then candida makes you sick, and you have parasites. And like I, and then, like I, I actually got stool tests and stuff, and I didn't have parasites. And I, it was like, damn, dude, like, why am I fucking juicing and doing all of this dumb shit? And then I started learning about uh, Dr. McDougal and some of these doctors who were like, hey, you know, complex carbohydrates are an efficient fuel source. And so and I didn't believe it. I I literally was at the point in life where I was like, I thought I was going to die because I was underweight and I had no energy and I had all this fucked up shit going on in my life that I was like like i had lost my job at that point i i i was shit, my shit was wrecked at that, that point i was like at the rock bottom and i was like i'm i'm going to try to eat starch again and see and like I, I was like if this kills me then i'll i'll just die it'll be like big like red pill vegan died this is before i was red pill vegan but it would be like he died trying to eat some sweet potatoes that's how he went out <laughs> that'd be, have <that'd laughs> yeah. been
0: some good clickbait right there
1: yeah. <laughs> and so i i went I went full full on into that kind of a, a high carb, low fat diet. And I stopped doing the I stopped juicing. I stopped uh I stopped trying to eat raw. I stopped all of the the stuff that where most people end in veganism, which where I, I kind of got introduced to it because I thought, oh, I need to detox, I need to, you know, get get rid of parasites. All of that shit was bullshit, man. Like detoxing is bullshit. Ninety nine percent of people talking about parasites, in my opinion, like that's bullshit. Uh Now, if you, if you get a blood test and you have like Giardia, that's different. But if if you're, if you're like uh, talking about like Candida and and stuff like that, like 99% of the time, it's like, man, if you change your diet, like you're going to feel different immediately. And, and what, so what I happened was I I started eating some sweet potatoes and some beans and man, it changed everything. I started getting my energy back. Uh, I started gaining weight again in a healthy way. And then slowly, but surely I was able to like get my athletic ability back. Cause I had terrible muscle cramps and shit from being so just like depleted from, from so long. And I, and I, I did, when I was doing keto, I should mention this. I did supplement things like minerals and I was, I was very cautious of the common problems that people have. I tried to navigate through that and and then, but eventually, like I said, it led me to this whole food, plant based diet, and I've been I've been enjoying that uh, ever since. So that's kind of the the story. I I, w- I wish I could kind of consolidate that a little more for your viewers, but that's kind of how it went down, man.
0: No, no, that's good. So, w- do you have any idea, like ballpark idea, what your caloric intake was throughout each of these phases? Like, were you ever under eating at any one point?
1: Yeah. All right. So definitely when I first When I first came off of keto, all right, at that point I was, I was very apprehensive about including carbohydrates in my diet because I had all of these uh, beliefs about how they negatively impacted my would impact my health. And so when I started doing that, I was juicing and eating like raw food and fruits and stuff and like melon, which I don't even eat melon anymore. I just don't enjoy it. And it's not a very good source of calories compared to other nutrients uh, just relative to what other food choices there are. But I was eating these really light foods. And yes, I think when I did – when I was at rock bottom and I was trying to come out of keto and start eating carbs again and I was like juicing and stuff like that, I do think I was eating too few of calories. And that, and I was underweight at that point, but I had come into that phase underweight. And then, yeah. But I I don't think I was, I was missing on calories during, uh, during the keto phase because my weight, as my weight kind of gradually dropped, I was gaining weight in places that I didn't necessarily want, like around my midsection, but I was losing the muscle mass that in my legs really, and, and, and to a lesser extent in my upper body. So I think I was firing on the, on the calories when I was doing low carb, but It's possible. It's possible that towards the end of the keto phase, because I had already, I had. When your weight goes down, you end up consuming less calories, and then you know it can be a cycle where you you just aren't eating enough, and that's that's definitely could have been a factor.
0: What about like protein? You think you're getting adequate protein? I feel like a lot of people. I mean, I'm all for. I advocate the higher fat ratio keto. Kind of depends on what your goals are, but I typically gravitate towards that. But I feel like a lot of people that are in the high fat keto camp are almost just fearful of taking in too much protein for fear of gluconeogenesis. So they like avoid protein. So a lot of people are, you know, under, under consuming protein that can have some similar effects to what you're describing.
1: Indeed. Indeed. I think definitely during the first couple of years when I was doing kind of the local paleo that uh, the, the farm, the farm, farmer's market scene type diet, I definitely was getting enough protein at that point, but then, when I transitioned to the high a higher fat keto diet I think that that could have been a possibility that I was missing on protein um so i I would not I would not discount that that's something uh, that, that is good that you pointed out
0: yeah yeah proteins proteins huge man so when you transition from that to like the juicing and the raw vegan uh like what what's the day of even look like like you said melons and like raw vegetables I'm sh- assuming like that that would be hard to get adequate calories from that for sure. I don't even know if that's even possible without supplementation.
1: Yeah, it it was um, it, so it wasn't a it wasn't a good approach. But I didn't at that point I was so confused about health because I had invested so much time and like research into how to eat a low carb diet and and then eventually into how to do the keto diet
0: mm-hmm. that
1: I was like I don't know what else to do except like dramatically change everything and then uh yeah i definitely was not getting enough calories i mean i was what a day looked like then was like kind of miserable man i was eating like smoothies and making raw juice and and i would go to the gym and uh and literally at that point i saw i had so much like fatigue and muscle pain and like like chronic exhaustion at that point that i was like uh when i was trying to come out of that that i was I would go to the gym and just like get on the exercise bike and and do like maybe thirty minutes or an hour, and then do just really rudimentary exercises like like some push ups, some squats, just kind of like what just basically getting by with what I could, and um and yeah, it was bad, man. It was bad. Uh, that was that was a tough time for me, man. I'm I'm glad that I've 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 come forward from there, and that that wasn't the end because. I honestly thought that was going to be it, man. Like I was like, well, my health's gone downhill so fast. I might not, I might not pull out of this, you know, but I, I'm glad that it's, that's behind me.
0: So, so what is, what is a typical day of eating look like for you now?
1: So now I eat, uh, I would say a moderate protein, high, higher relative carbohydrate diet that, where I change my fat depending on my fat macros, depending on my, my overall, uh, exercise level. So if I start smashing long cardio sessions and bigger workouts nowadays, I, um, I will actually eat uh, around, I usually stay between 20 and 30% fat, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny when I, so nowadays to answer your question, um, I don't eat smoothies. I don't drink juice. I eat a lot of complex carbohydrates. So I'll eat, uh, I do this pancake recipe made out of chickpea flour. So it's like really high in protein and complex carbohydrates and fiber. And then I do that. I do that for breakfast when I have time. Otherwise I'll do like an oatmeal. Um, then I make, I make rice and I have, so I use an instant pot and a rice cooker. So I'll do rice or pasta or, uh, sometimes I'll do quinoa but I'll do beans or lentils or legumes in the instant pot pretty much I'll have that every day and so yeah I do a lot of legumes I do a lot of a uh, a lot of rice
0: you have any and, idea what like your your daily caloric intake and like macro grams breakdown how many grams protein grams of fat grams of carbs you're consuming
1: yeah I try to I try to hit about uh so with carbs and and fat it changes but with protein I mean you know, especially with with lifting, you know, couple three three four times a week with lifting, I try to do. Uh, I try to get hit that. I think it's like one point six grams mm-hmm. per per kilogram of body weight. So I aim for about one hundred and twenty grams of protein a day, uh, just to be on the on the safer side. Sometimes I'm over that. Sometimes I'm a little bit under. Really depends on on the legume consumption. If I don't lift and I'm just doing cardio or just swimming or something, then I may do heavier carbs. I mean, I'm probably—it's hard to say the number of grams of carbs per day, but probably uh, 400 to 600, maybe more, maybe less. It kind of depends.
0: That's a lot of carbs. <laughs> I'm at like 10 or 20 tops.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's different, different—you uh, know, different approach. Different approach.
0: Yeah, totally. So with with the protein, you know, 120 grams is not a lot by most paper standards. Are you getting all of that through? Like the lentils and the uh, like, the rice and whatnot are legumes. Are are you, you having to supplement as well?
1: So I I eat a lot of beans, man. I eat a lot of chickpeas, and then the the soy products are higher in protein too. Which, but I don't uh, personally. I don't do as well if I go if I lean into those too hard. So I might have a serving of that t- twice a week or something. But yeah, I so I I don't supplement protein on a regular basis, but I do keep some protein powder in case there's a day where I want to do a shake after a workout. Like you ever have those days when you, you want to squeeze in some extra calories, but you don't necessarily want to eat a whole meal and you don't necessarily want to get those extra calories from a different source. Like, like I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sit down and eat a bunch of, rice and, and broccoli at that point in time so I'll make a I will make a protein shake then but yeah I do that maybe maybe once or twice a week uh, if that sometimes even fewer even seldomer than that like if I don't have bananas fresh or frozen then I don't make smoothies and I kind of don't buy bananas a lot anymore because I don't know man that was kind of popular a few years ago people vegans buying a lot of bananas eating a lot of bananas I didn't do as well doing that it's like a banana
0: of, diet like an official banana diet at one point when they're like this one girl ate like nothing but bananas or something.
1: Yeah yeah it's, I, I think it, when you see those kind of extremes, a lot of times it's it's people trying to find their way back to some sort of a healthy balance. yeah and and it, and it does when especially when you get someone who's like attractive and they have a, a social media presence that is alluring and, and brings people in, that kind of that kind of like mono diet or uh, oversimplified diet it it almost does more harm than good in a lot of times now if you need if you're a dramatically obese and you got to lose a lot of weight like you know and you try something for a week or or, or whatever it's not going to kill you but uh, but it's not the kind of thing that you want to try to focus on long term you know
0: yeah for sure speaking of long term how, how long have you been strictly plant based now in total.
1: So I went plant based in the first part of 2015. So it was we're we're getting close to five years here.
0: And and correct my my terminology here, but plant based is just predominant, like the majority of your calories are coming from plants. Correct.
1: Yeah. Correct. Correct.
0: So you could still be plant based and incorporate like some meat, but as long as the majority of your calories are coming from plants, you're plant based. And then vegetarian is a stricter version of that and then vegans like the most strict version of that, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. So, uh, the, the CEO of whole foods is a guy named John Mackey and he wrote a book about uh, a a book about diet. And what he said in his book that I I relate to in a lot of ways is he thinks that if you want to do a plant-based diet and you do 90% of your calories from, from plants and 10% from animal foods, that you're still in a range that resembles the Blue Zone diet pattern. So those are the, the, the places on Earth where the people have uh, a track record for longevity. It's places like Loma Linda and Okinawa. And these a lot of these have been questioned and reexamined. But with, in general, uh, especially with Loma Linda, the data there is really good on longevity and lower incidence of chronic disease like diabetes, heart disease, cancer, all those things in eating a diet pattern. That's maybe not necessarily fully vegan or which would be a hundred percent plant-based so to speak. Um, but, but yeah, people, people will do a lacto ovo vegetarian, which would be milk and eggs. Some people will do a, some people will do a, I guess, yeah, I guess if the terminology is like plant-based, you could be plant-based and still eat meat right but but if you're if you're vegan that's so this kind of gets into like the the definition of of the vegan thing and i think uh for your viewers if they're interested there's there's a a long video on it on a channel called veg source called you're not vegan which is about the formation of that term and how originally it was just people who decided to abstain from eating meat dairy and eggs and animal products but then, the, but then the animal rights people came into the vegan society and changed the definition of it. It's, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I personally – so here's, here's my perspective on it. I personally came to the plant-based diet for health reasons. But then as I did it over the years, I started to see the content from the vegan community. I started to understand more about why they – they appreciated the animal rights aspect of it. And I had already, remember, I had already come from like the local pasture-raised, like, con- I was a country boy at that point. Like that that whole thing of like factory farming, I knew I didn't want anything to do with that. But then I kind of came around to realizing like, you know, I don't necessarily want to support these companies that at the grocery store that are also, even if it says like grass-fed on the package, I still don't want to support that. And so I identified with the vegan thing because it was, to me, it made sense from a perspective of like, all right, I'm, I'm already doing this diet for my health. And then I'm just going to not, next time I need to buy new shoes, I'll just try to buy ones that don't have leather on them. I think the, the key with the vegan thing that people, a lot of times, this is what, what doesn't get said, is in that definition, it says something about reducing animal uh, suffering for as much as is practicable. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think an argument could be made that the type of keto diet that you do is, has some, some elements that appeal to veg the, to that definition of the veganism because, and then I'd, I'd really like to kind of tra- transition this talking, this talk over to kind of what, one of the, some of the things I see and appreciate that you're, that you're doing. Um, you know, like, like, uh, this is, man, my viewers are going to hate this, but like bow hunting, for instance. Yeah. Bow hunt. Yeah. Bow hunting is one, like Americans are not dying from chronic disease because they're bow hunting.
0: Yeah, you know what this I'm saying? Is true. <laughs> you,
1: you know, you know, and so, uh, and, and so, and, and as far as, uh, animal, the animal welfare side of it goes like, look, I don't hunt for all the vegan viewers. I don't hunt, but I grew up around hunting. I've chosen not to do that at, at this point. Cause I don't, that's not the, what I'm doing with my diet at this point, but I'm not going to hate on somebody like Robert who makes the choice to go put himself in the elements. And we're, again, we're not talking about, he's out there with a a 308 and a 30 round clip, like not that people hunt like that, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a different challenge. And uh, it's, I think of bow hunting as like an art form, an ancient art form that when you, when you look at like what it takes to go out and get meat, all right, if, we're gonna, if you're going to do that, if you're going to include that in your diet, then that's the kind, like bow hunting would be what I would say I would have the most respect for because you're going out there and putting yourself into the elements, facing what you may not even get a deer or an elk or, or whatever it is that you're going for. But if you did, it's because you had the physical acumen to go out there and get it and that, and there's no guarantees there, you know. It's like, you handled it all yourself. You you dressed it yourself. You slaughtered it yourself. A lot of people who eat meat they couldn't handle that. They couldn't go out and do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny, man. Like I, I obviously eat a lot of meat, but I have a problem. I mean, there's there's good people on both sides. There's bad people on both sides. I mean, like I think we can all agree upon that. Um, but I have a problem with people that are heavy in the carnivore or you know meat based space that. Have a problem with understanding and recognizing where their meat comes from. It's like they disassociate it and distance themselves from it and they just assume that it's from the supermarket and there is no connection there. Like for me, you know, I grew up on a farm. Uh, You know, we used to have cattle. Uh, We have lambs now. We have chickens now. We have all these animals now. And I hunt. But I mean, like, I am as close and connected to my food source as you can possibly get. Like every single. Meal, or every single day that I've been in prep, I've eaten venison that I've killed this year. I mean, I'm proud of that. And I, I practiced like prior to the archery season. This is the first season I've I've hunted with archery. Um, but I practiced months out every single day to make sure that I could put a well placed shot on that deer, so that I could, you know, reduce any chance of that deer suffering due to a, a poor place shot. Like. If you look at how animals are going to die in the wild, it's it's much more brutal than how they're going to die from a well-placed arrow or a well-placed uh, bullet. So I don't feel like there's any issue with me practicing putting a well-placed shot in there and then supporting my own livelihood with that meat. Like that's a quality meat. And there's so much research that indicates that, you know, if you, like we as humans have taken away so much habitat from animals, both the vegans have taken my habitat. The the meaters, I mean, just people in general. Like the world's overpopulated, you know. And because of that, I feel it's our responsibility as the humans to manage those herds as effectively as possible. And hunters are a huge part of that. I mean, the the deer population, as an example, would suffer much more if there were no hunters than if there is hunters. I mean, there's just like I don't think that's really can be argued. And you know, if you're hunting, I don't have any respect for the people that hunt out of the season. They're poaching. They're you know just shooting and leaving. Like I don't have any respect for that. But if you're hunting, following all the rules and regulations in tune with the Game of Fish Commission, their research, what's best for the herd, the herd, and managing that population, and you put a well placed shot on an animal, and you feed that animal, and you get as much meat from that animal as humanly possible, I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah, I'm so. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to turn off a bunch of viewers by saying that I that I support hunting. You know, personally, as as a vegan, I don't, I don't, I don't think people need to eat meat. But if but if you're going to eat meat, then the way that you're doing it is the the it's the ticket, man. Because or or I mean, and as an alternative, if you have access to someone like you and your family or your network who can help provide that kind of thing, you know, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and hunting is one of those issues that it's, it's kind of polarizing in the vegan community. Not a lot of people want to touch on it. They don't want to talk about it because it it makes, it makes people uncomfortable to face the reality that there are people like you who, you know, your lifestyle is supported by the choices that you make and that you own as a man. And so, you know, you're talking about like providing for your family. And doing it in a way that's, that's one, you're, you're not supporting the industries that both of us probably in a, in a perfect world, both of us don't want to support. Yeah. Now there's, we kind of inadvertently, sometimes we have to like, you know, if you buy like for vegans, it's like, oh, you bought a car, it's got a leather steering wheel or something. Or like in your case, like you might be out and you might have to eat something that's not, that didn't come from your meal prep and, and the, the, the resources that you've accumulated to keep that going. You know, so it's, it's because life's not perfect like that. You, You understand people, they want to pass a quick spot judgment. And I wish, I wish I had brought this up at the beginning, man. That's one of the things that I saw when I started looking into your channel was that you, you can't just necessarily judge someone based on a spot decision of what you see in, in like what they're putting out on social media or something like the first thing that ever, when I, when I caught, caught you caught my attention with the keto brick, I almost, I mean, I almost wanted to like laugh at it on some like dumb shit. And then I started looking at what you were doing and I was like, Oh, like he gets up at the crack of dawn and does these things to make his life a certain way so that he can support the, 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 the way that is working for him. And yeah. so yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing about the, the hunting thing. I'm digging such a deep grave. All the vegans are just unsubscribing <laughs> to my channel right now.
0: <laughs> no, you're is, good. Is,
1: yeah, is it? But, I mean, I, I grew up around it, and uh, I'm, so I'm not – I mean, I've lived in the city, and I've also lived out in the country for extended periods of time and uh, and been raised around this kind of stuff. And the, the thing is that if you're going to include – animal products in your diet then and and you want to go out and and like just get the walmart meat then i don't have the same respect for that for somebody who's like dude i put a I, I went out in the woods with a bow and arrow and shot this deer and dressed it and then broke it down and then froze it and then cooked it my way and then ate it with my family like I'd, they're totally two totally different things and that's why when i started seeing like the the keto savage like it almost what I see you as as having a, the foundation of is like a lifestyle brand that if more people were emulating would cha- it would change the the outcomes that we see and also the whole discussion that we have with between vegans and people who eat meat like the kind of stuff that you're doing really changes the dynamic of how people are able to view that yeah and, and you know we could get into like the the people want to point fingers so that they're on the high ground they feel like they're on a moral high ground but you know if if things weren't perfect in terms of society being in great shape where everything's at our fingertips like many people would want to resort to the type of, of lifestyle choices that you make you know
0: yeah it's funny man like i feel like if you were to ask and poll most educated intelligent vegans what their primary goal is for following the lifestyle they are. And if you were to ask and poll most, you know, keto, carnivore, meat eaters why they're doing what they're doing, I don't feel like they would be too disaligned. I feel like nobody wants the factory farming. You know, that's not good. Uh, Nobody wants to see the planet, you know, be worse off tomorrow than it is today. And nobody wants animals to suffer. Like, I get, I am disgusted by people that... Kill animals for fun. I am disgusted by animals suffering. I'm disgusted by people wasting food. That's a big one. I hate it when people throw away food. Meat, vegetables, anything. Just food in general. Like that is That just disgusts me internally. I mean, I literally cannot tell you the last time I threw away a morsel of food. I can't even tell you. I mean, that doesn't happen. And I feel (laughs) like that's a huge issue on both sides. And that's what's probably contributing to a lot of the damage I mean there's so many resources that are being used for a product that gets wasted a food product a food service like there's so much resources energy and effort put forth towards making something that gets thrown away like that's what's discussed me
1: food waste is such a big issue within even just the grocery industry uh, not just produce but meat and, and all of it it's, it's sad, man. It, I, I mean, th- if it was 30% of everything that goes through a grocery store ended up as food waste, that would probably be a underestimation of how bad it really is. And that doesn't even count what, what, when you got it at your house and you know that's before it even makes it to your refrigerator, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, you're right, man. There's in terms of the, the, the goals that people have it's really what you're looking at when you talk about people who do a a whole foods plant-based diet and people who do a a whole foods animal-based diet or, or a keto diet that is predominantly whole foods based. We're talking about outliers here in society. Yeah. Just because we're just because we're looking at, you know, people with very, we have vastly different macronutrient ratios. We you're, you're really dealing with a segment of the population that tends to be highly engaged with their food choices and their diet and, and the implications of those choices in a bigger respect, like you said, with things like animal welfare and the, with the regards to to the farming industry or the agriculture industry. Yeah. And so there's more, a lot more in common between the, the communities that you serve and the communities that I serve versus a lot of times I try to do content that if somebody like a normie saw it, They would they would almost just laugh at it and then be like, well, I could see I could stand to see this guy say some more stuff because, you know, it's not always necessary how you make what you tell people. It's sometimes how you make them feel. And so, you know, if we could be even a little bit more welcoming of our own communities, then that would be that would make it so that people who are just doing the normal thing. That they would want to do, and it's funny they—they're like I'm doing quotation fingers right now. They're eating healthy, but they're not doing what you're doing. They're not doing what I'm doing, and they're—they're they're so clo- they're much closer to the standard American diet. And so all of those like semi health conscious people that are out there that see stuff like what we're doing is, if if we're if keto and vegan people were bickering, you think that those people are going to want to do this? Nah, right?
0: Yeah, that, that's a huge frustration, man. Man, I mean. I feel like many of our goals are aligned. I mean, here we we we've talked for 50 minutes now and we haven't killed each other. You know, we're being civil. Um and I feel like so much more is to be gained if we can just reach a common a common ground and like reason with each other as opposed to this just constant bashing and belittling of one another that you see all over social media nowadays. And I I've, I've made a couple posts about this. I've re- written about it in my newsletter, but I've just been disgusted at just the hate that's coming from both sides of the equation, and I'm totally for standing up for what you believe in and being proud in that. But I get, I, I'm, I'm frustrated to see that that people have to sacrifice their integrity. Well, they don't have to, but they choose to. They choose to sacrifice their integrity to stand up for what they're believing in at the cost of respecting their fellow human like that to me it just does not make sense like that that's a, a flawed equation at the onset
1: you know and the the thing is i'm i'm guilty of it at some in some respects too because there's a cancel culture that goes along with social media and that's one of the parts about about growing up and being the best man that you can be that i think is is part of the development of my own, my own journey here is, you know, I kind of came, I came out and I was angry and I was, I I made these like cringy, crappy videos. And then I kind of started stepping back a little bit and I was like, well, maybe I, and then this is kind of the realization I'm having for 2020 is like, there are people within the the keto community that I do want to connect with. And like, if you go to Robert's channel right now, if you go to Keto Savage and you look at his comment section, Robert has a community of people that support him and recognize that his choices for for diet and lifestyle are affording him good health and a lifestyle that he wants to live. The, this, Robert's channel, Keto Savage, is not a channel where you go and people are just slamming vegans and. I, I, what I want to see is, I want to I want to be a, a part of uh, more collaborations like this that that bring the kind of the best of the best together in a way that people aren't necessarily bashing each other just because they don't agree on one little like a couple things that they're doing, you know?
0: Yeah, and I feel like I don't know, man. It's hard because I feel like there's so much bashing going on within the keto community itself like the the vegan community in comparison to the keto community has been around for longer they're more established there's more uh, I mean there is more money there it's just it's just been around longer it's just got a better foundation and I feel like there's a lot of benefit to be had from people that know about the ketogenic diet the ketogenic lifestyle you know wholesome foods I mean both sides advocate for wholesome foods uh, ideally and I feel like The keto space, the carnivore space, the meat-based space, could make a lot more headway if we weren't spending so much time bashing and bickering amongst ourselves. Like, I mean, like we have so many subgroups within the keto space that's that's talking down towards one another. That you know, is is it high protein that wins? Is it high fat that wins? Is it uh, you know carb cycling? Is it strict keto? Like, there's all this negativity. Within our own community, how the hell are we supposed to make any progress with a vegan-based community when we can't even get along amongst ourselves?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and then there's the, the the big pool of everybody else that's out there, that they we want them to find these health choices and make the right decision for themselves. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean that's I mean I don't know like if you were to to segment the entire population of, we'll just we'll just start with the U.S., not, not to say the world, but we'll just start with the U.S. Like, I don't know what that would look like. Like, how, what percentage of the U.S. population is vegan versus carnivore versus everybody else eating a standard American diet. And I would have to assume that the standard American diet far outweighs every other demographic by a landslide. So, I mean, both sides, both the vegan and, I mean, the vegans that advocate for whole foods, I mean, that's light years ahead of a standard American diet. And a well-formulated ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet that's advocating wholesome foods that is also a lot years ahead of a standard American diet. So we can help a lot more people if we stop with the petty shit and just try to do good for the masses.
1: Yeah, man. And I'm I'm glad to have the chance to come on your platform and and speak a little bit. You know, just for, for y'all listening out there, Robert and I have never met, and so there's an element of kind of, uncertainty when we speak on topics like this we didn't plan out what we were going to say you know I probably talked a a little bit add link too much length on my backstory because I've never really told all of that story but I I will say this that the the strength that I find in uh in a community in a community like what Robert has created is that he doesn't Robert doesn't have to go out there and tell you that you're wrong, that you're wrong for being vegan, or you're wrong for eating the standard American diet. Robert says, Hey, I'm doing my thing. And you can come along for the journey if you want. And you could see how I do it and make a choice based on that for your own decision. And I want, that's one of the things that I want to reflect back out into the world too. Uh, and I'm working on this guys. I mean, I, I know there's an, always an element of cancel culture here on, on social media, but That's what this kind of outreach is, and and this kind of a conversation is about, really, and uh, and and yeah, man, dude. One, I'll never forget this, man. I saw you do a video probably about a year and a half ago. You said in it, you said when I met the gym this year, I think it was New Year's of 2018, or going into 2019. I mean, Mm -hmm. you were saying, you said I'm gonna put everything on the table. And I'm not leaving anything in the gym every time I go there. And, and then this, this is what stuck, man. You said, and no matter what happens, I'm going to own the results of that outcome. You were like, I might fail, but I'm going to own the results of, of every decision that I make there in the gym. And, and in a larger respect, you were talking about for your life in general. Yeah, and I was like that right there, man. That's it. That's the, that's the stuff right there.
0: Yeah, man. Every year, I don't know when I started doing these, but every year, I think for the past three years, and I'll do it again this year uh, on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, I, I record this manifesto, which is just me talking to myself, basically in the camera, about what I want the theme, what I want my like purpose, my mission, my manifesto for the coming year to entail, and that to me holds a lot more weight than like a New Year's resolution. You know, a New Year's resolutions come and go, but like a manifesto, it's like Every decision I make throughout the course of a year, I reflect on what I promised myself, basically, and I could watch that video as a reminder. But like that way, I know kind of what direction and what trajectory I'm I'm wanting to follow and and lead. And that that's been really good for me.
1: Yeah, man, I I draw some inspiration from your channel. I want you to know that. Uh, I like I told I said I did guys I did a video, and I mentioned Robert in it, and I said you know Robert ran a marathon on keto and so all the things that vegans criticize keto people for not have can't do endurance so they you know he came out of his element and ran a marathon on keto and so robert you know this man i've already said this you've earned my respect and it's through actions and like the way you carry yourself like you i've already said it man you you already know so i just want to say guys like that's what time it is is that you if you own the results of your actions and your choices then and you and you actually own it no matter if it's good or bad then that's something that will be respected men will see that and respect you and uh and that's definitely the truth
0: i really appreciate that man i mean there's it's kind of funny cuz you know we're recording this about a month and a half two months i don't know when after the game changers film aired and then since then there's been like a million different debunks and all this rebuttals and Joe Rogan's podcast. And there's just been this like massive influx of content, which is good in the sense that it, it brings this question of what is healthy more towards the forefront of people's minds that, that need to hear this. Like there's people that love Joe Rogan that have never thought twice about their health that are now thinking about their health, which is good. Uh, but with that, it's been like this total war basically, like, you know, us versus them mentality. Like who won that podcast debate? Like who won? Who won? And to me, it's like the, the best, like I've never wanted to do something because somebody told me that I should or recommended it. Like I've always only wanted to do things because I've looked at other people that are living a life similar to how I would aspire to live and then I try to emulate that in my own way with my own style and I feel like if everybody that has this voice has this platform has this influence has this knowledge just did that like just lived and shared how they're living in a way that is helpful and inspirational and educational far more people are going to follow that path than they would if if they're just like hearing this constant noise raging between this us versus them mentality that that just keeps droning on for <laughs> forever and ever
1: yeah, and then they they would continue doing whatever they were doing because it's not enough to motivate them to to change. Totally. Totally. Yeah, man. I, dude, you and I I could see we could easily have a, a, a longer conversation. I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak uh, on the on the Keto Savage podcast, man. I wish you the best of luck with your upcoming contest prep, and I'll I'll stay tuned, man. Look for me to drop a couple comments on some of your videos.
0: Hey man, I appreciate it. Um if there's everything I can do to help you just let me know. Where, where can people go to find out more about you?
1: Yeah, check me out on YouTube. My channel name is Red Pill Vegan, like Red Pill, like from the Matrix, or if any of you guys are familiar with the Manosphere, the Red Pill is an understanding between the sexual and social dynamics of men and women and vegan. So Red Pill Vegan. It's the two choices that I made that got me out of the lowest point in my life, which which inspired me to change my diet change my lifestyle, start lifting again, like really get back on track. And I'm pretty sure that regardless of whether or not you take a choice of going down the road towards a lower carb, high fat lifestyle or a higher carb plant-based lifestyle, guys, if you're out there listening right now, there's, there's two things you got to do. you got to lift. you got to lift. Is that right, Robert?
0: Yeah. I'm never going to argue that, man. You gotta, you gotta activate that muscle
1: you got to lift and you got to make you got to do something that's going to give you the energy to make your life matter and make your life count and that's what matters right there and so whether it's one choice or the other or somewhere in between if you if you find that within yourself and you lift and you become the best version of yourself then that's a success
0: couldn't agree more man well keep doing what you're doing keep spreading the good word and like i said let me know if there's everything i do for you brother
1: Absolutely, Robert. I'll talk to you again another time.
0: See you, man.